Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, hosted by Angel Radcliffe. Tune in as we discuss finances, success stories, and inspiring vibes that will help nurture growth. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Shinjini Das, who is the founder and CEO of Das Media Group. Shinjini advocates for go-getters around the world through real-time motivational media content marketing and has motivated 15 million go-getters to date on her social media platforms to achieve their goals. Her media content inspires transformation and motivates go-getters to make the first move and actively pursuing their life and career goals. Shinjini, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Angel. I am absolutely excited to spend my Saturday morning with you. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy to have you here because this topic of social media and digital content, it's a topic that everyone needs to hear, no matter if they're a business, if they're an influencer. And let's talk about you. Tell us something a little bit more about you and about your media company. Yeah, totally. So I think I mentioned to you earlier, I am an industrial engineer from Georgia Tech, and it really does define a lot for me, Angel, because I'm trained in processes and I'm trained in analysis and I'm trained in efficiency. And so when we think about building social media content that not only, in my case, I'm very passionate about motivation and motivating people to make that first move to go get their goals, but also how do you reach the right people at the right time and monetize that message? And so that's something that not only have we had to figure out as a media company, but now there is a lack, there is a paucity, there is a genuine uh, problem of a lack of content, of self-help, self-development content uh, for business owners. And so not only has my media company had to figure all of that out ourselves in terms of how do we monetize? How do we create content on my social media platforms? I also have to use my media platform to teach business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, et cetera, how to not only create content, but identify your target audience and monetize that content. So with this age of digital transformation, social media, it's like everyone's able to post what they want on social media. So when we're talking about content can really be anything, right? Totally. It's a catch 22. And that's kind of what I'm hearing in your voice too, where it's yes, you can post anything, but oh my God, you can post anything. But on the other hand, you have to be very strategic and very uh, driven about your goals. What is your objective with this piece of content, right? Who is it going to reach? What do you hope for in terms of monetized format. So yes, there is a lot of choice, but when you put in so many parameters, you'll actually see that you don't have that much choice, which in a way is a good thing because it becomes very clear in terms of what you should say, who you should say it to and how it gets monetized. When I'm thinking about content, I'm thinking about when I log on Facebook or Instagram and I'm seeing someone post the meal they just ate. (laughs) They're out traveling and they're posting pictures. I'm thinking, okay, this is like great content because there are people who take really great pictures of their food or really great travel photos. And you mentioned one thing I want to hone in on, which is monetizing. Now, I know when people think monetize, they're thinking of a strategic way that they can make money off of their content. Do you think everyone should be thinking in this mindset of monetizing? 
I think monetization of content has a couple of different realms. I work a lot in my consultations, Angel, with uh, corporate people, right? And so their monetization, for example, is a higher salary or a higher raise, which is fine, which is perfect, which is awesome. If that's your hustle, that's exciting. For others, right? I think the people that you might be talking about, like food bloggers or fashion bloggers, right? A lot of them do want to make money as a fashion blogger, as a food blogger. And also you hit upon a very uh, amazing point. And I do want to clarify when we're talking about content, when Angel and I are talking about content here, we are talking about any photo, okay, any video, any tweet, okay, any Instagram story, because sometimes I get the question like, what is content? And I'm like, no, everything that you see online is content, right? And so I think the monetization element that I talk to with my clients in our one hour consultations, it's like, how do you be a go-getter? I told them, I tell them, I say, look, it depends on your goal, right? If you are a corporate, you know, vice president of, you know, marketing at, at this tech company, Okay, you, your goal of posting on social media is probably not to make money, but your goal for posting on social media is probably to elevate your brand perception to at some point becoming just group vice president or, or even CEO, CMO. And so I think the monetization, sometimes it comes via a raise, Angel, right? It comes via a promotion. It, it also comes via actual sponsorships, partners, et cetera, et cetera, from a media point of view, because the way I consider monetization is also if you get a raise, to me, that is monetization because of the amazing thought leadership content that you are producing on LinkedIn as the vice president of, you know, marketing at a tech company. So that's how I look at it, Angel, that because you're right, not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and hell, I cannot force everyone to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> that's just not just not going to work. They're not driven that way. They don't like that. And so I've had to learn just from my clients, Angel, that I have many clients who are very happy in corporate America. And to them, I say that monetization from a social media point of view is essentially thought leadership content that leads to a raise or a promotion. Thanks so much for the clarification. Now, I want to go on because you use the term go-getters. Mm -hmm. And so many people may be listening and so many people may be listening and they have a different definition of what a go-getter is. Can you yeah. describe to the audience your definition of a go-getter? Yeah, yeah. And it's very much pulled from the dictionary definition, Angel. If you Google it, it says aggressively enterprising person. And guess what? It also says boys should be go-getters. And so I think when you look at me, my entire motivational brand is centered around uh, women, right? It's centered around girls being go-getters, which uh, I think is revolutionary. And then number two, because I'm reaching girls in Africa to, you know, India to Malaysia to, I mean, just global. We're global. My media platform is global. And so so how do you define it so that everybody can relate? And I think I have done a good job so far. This is what I've come up with. I've said that a go-getter is someone who makes the first move to go get their goals. And I like this definition because it shows me that what's most important is action. And so that's why I've really come up with this definition that are you making the first move? If you want to be an author, do you write today? If you want to be a photographer, are you taking pictures today. If you want to be a dancer, are you dancing today? In so many ways, such a simple question, but in so many ways, it's such a powerful question because if you're not doing what you say you want to do, 
I think it's going to be very difficult for you to move forward. Yes. And looking at the last year of these crazy times, social injustice and uh, the pandemic, how can you motivate someone or what are steps that someone should do to get on the path to become a go-getter? Or it, let's say someone was a go-getter before and now they're just mm. out of it. They have they don't have the energy. <laughs> they're laying yeah. on their couch somewhere listening to this podcast. So what words totally. of encouragement would you give them? Mm-hmm. No, and, and that that's me, Angel. I want to be clear. For me, I have had to grow my media company through this uh, storm and many days. I did not want to wake up. I, d- I did not want to get out of bed this uh, time. It's just been absolutely horrific, not to mention with my audience who struggles with mental health problems, depression, etc. Anxieties through the roof. I feel it every single day because social media has a way of really connecting you and, and making you touch people that way. And so I I feel that anxiety every day from my audience. So everything you're saying is relatable. So essentially, I think the pandemic is a great time to pivot. And when I say pivot, what are your new goals? You're allowed to come up with new goals, right? You're allowed to come up with new objectives, right? What excites you? What is your purpose? And so take this pandemic time to really pivot into thinking about what is your higher purpose. And I I really want people to ask that question because I think that will motivate you to set goals, Angel, and and that will motivate you to actually achieve those goals. So I think what's happening right now is that there's no purpose. As a result, the goal setting is getting really messed up. And then inevitably the goal achievement is like step 545 and inevitably no one's getting there. And then when they take a step, towards trying to achieve one goal, like they're they're quitting. And so again, it comes down to a lack of purpose. There has to be some higher energy driving you. And if there isn't, you're not going to make it. You're just not. And so I think use this pandemic time to really think about what that higher purpose is, whether it's family, whether it's trying to go back to school for your PhD, whether it's going back to school for your master's. And I think that is a great place to start for all of us right now. Yes. And when you say the word pivot, that's a great word to use. And throughout the last year, that's what I've been telling people. You have to pivot. I've even... Uh, coined the phrase, the pandemic pivot. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Especially if you're used to getting up and working on your goals and attending events and conferences and just really being confined to your home, especially last year in 2020 for people who are go-getters, that was a hit. I know for me, I'm always on the go and sitting in the house for months on end, I was going to lose it. I can definitely say I was one of those people who that lost motivation to do so many things because I was like, Oh, I need to see people. I need social interaction or sometimes when you're in those social groups or you're attending those events, that's where you're getting like these amazing ideas or you're having engaging conversation. And and I was like, what the heck is going on with (laughs) this planet? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's super, super relatable. The one thing I will say though, Angel, throughout this entire pandemic, I was 100% with you, right? Like I feel disoriented. I feel disillusioned. I don't even know what's happening anymore. Where are we? What world are we in? I think all of us dealt with those existential questions. But one thing that I'm really proud that I did, which I really encourage as many people to do as well, is pivot your entire business model digitally and online. I I definitely want to get more into this digital world and digital strategy, but you mentioned your book at the beginning and let's make sure I have the title correct. 
You said the book is called 26 and then you mentioned Unapologetically Shinjini. The title is Unapologetically Shinjini and the sort (laughs) of like subline is, yeah, memoir at 26 and uh, the tagline is Becoming a Go-Getter Changed My Life. And so when you say unapologetically, what does that mean? It means without apologies. It means that I'm no longer apologizing for who I am. I'm no longer shy about asking for what I want. I'm a go-getter now and what that means. And for me, that's what I talk about in the book. I grew up very shy in the Indian culture. Indian immigrant mentality is don't be too loud. Don't be too loud. Don't say this. And especially for girls are always um, stifled in the Indian culture and in the Indian community, because we are a very patriarchal nation. We're a very patriarchal culture. One of the oldest cultures in the world and religions in the world. I think that is our just natural upbringing, right? Don't wear the cleavage bearing shirt. This is too much. Like everything is too much. Like breathing is too much. And I'm now on the other side to where I'm like, you know what? None of that defines me. I'm a go-getter. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to make money. I'm very unapologetic about wanting to make money, wanting to be financially free, wanting to not be dependent on a man. And uh, so I think that's where I am now is like, I'm super unapologetic. It means you have a voice uh, and you're not apologizing anymore. So I think that's where it all came from. So very much rooted in my personal experiences. We can have a conversation on cultures and stereotypes and breaking away from that. That's all. That's, oh my gosh, that could be a whole nother podcast. I know. It should be. Well, and especially we said this before, Angel, like as women of color, we do deal with different influences than our Caucasian counterparts. And I, I would be remiss to not acknowledge that, which is why my sort of POC female demographic really admires that and appreciates that about me is I do shine a light on that because I I can't just sit here and go, everything's fine. And I've always been a go-getter. It's all fine. I can't do that. So I have to, I have to acknowledge our baggage as a collective sort of black and brown women, young women. So yeah, I appreciate you agreeing. So I saw a quote on your website. It says, I fell in love with myself. That's not egotistical. That's something we should all be proud to say. And so many people forget the importance of self-care, self-love. Do you want to go a little bit deeper into that quote? Absolutely. I think it stems from the same idea. Angel is, again, I'm not apologizing. Self-love is not bad. I think I'm also coming from a culture, Angel, where like too much self-love is considered uh, bad, is considered egotistical, is considered uh, wrong, especially for women. Because if you love yourself too much, you're going to get called names and you're going to get called stuff. And yeah, it's just, again, very negative, very negative. And so we are trying to, again, put a different spin on it and say, no, self-love is powerful. Self-love is amazing. I'm proud to love myself. It's not a bad thing. And that quote actually is from my first Forbes uh, interview. Thank you. And congratulations on the Forbes article. That's yeah. that's huge. So on the topic of self-love, I yeah. want to relate that to someone who is also a go-getter and they're building their business. You'll typically see, let's look at influencers. We'll typically yeah. see people who are constantly posting selfies. Uh-huh. I think that's a form of self-love, but it's also a part of like branding. And yeah. let's talk about the whole digital strategy with self-love how can you combine the two is that a good example that I'm using there or do you have something else that would be a great example of that 
No, I love that. I love that. I think something that I've really learned, Angel, is like selfie for the sake of taking a selfie and wow, I'm so beautiful. Look at me. I'm so beautiful. That's one thing. And by the way, there is a time and place for that. I'm not against that at all. Sometimes, and, and I hear this from my female, young, again, female demographic all the time. It's like, sometimes I feel beautiful and I want to post a picture and I want others to um, celebrate that I feel beautiful. And that's beautiful. That really is. There's nothing wrong with that. And I do that uh, as well. I wake up and I'm like, wow, I feel beautiful. I feel amazing. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll post that. And people will compliment and say, wow, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You're inspiring. So I think I'm a really good example of owning the narrative. Whereas today, like I can post anything, the bikini pictures and no one even cares because they know that I'm so business focused and I'm building a media company. I'm going to ask you if you like that bikini picture. I'll be like, Hey, have you read my book? Like they know where my hustle is and they know that I'm not just posting. So I think for women, it's like, how do you start owning your own narrative and not allowing just mostly other men and some women, I would say to use your own image and body as a weapon against you. Ooh, this can this conversation can go really deep because I'm thinking about marketing yeah. and sales. One of the things that you said that I really like is owning your own narrative. And right. when you are an influencer or you're, you're a company, you have a brand, you're promoting a product, of course, like in my mind, uh, posting something or different things aside from your product or your service online is definitely going to help you get additional followers. And in my experience, when I started to post like a little bit more casual photos and things that I was doing in my life, I was definitely getting more branding opportunities from companies to yeah. maybe promote their services or marketing. Yes. But going back to the selfies and the beach photos, yeah. there's this old adage, of course, in marketing and sales, that's sex sales. Yeah. And and so I think some people still really live by that, especially when we're talking about influencers. But oh my gosh, it, it, can, it can be a great marketing strategy, but it can also be a big misconception. Right. And it, it goes back to what you were saying is owning your own narrative and really what platform you're posting on the audience. Yeah. I don't think LinkedIn is like the proper the place, place to post your that. beach photos totally. or something, but totally. definitely totally. like Instagram or, or yeah. Twitter. And I yeah. mean, someone may not be interested in your product, but they may say, Hey, I'm going to click on this photo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to totally. like totally. and follow. And then they, you may be able to start to eventually turn them into a customer. I, I want to go back to uh, digital products because we've yeah. mentioned that word quite a few times throughout the podcast. And I know there may be some people listening who are like, what is a digital product? Um, Give us some examples of what we can consider digital products. Yeah, totally. So digital product is any um, product or service, frankly, that is fully sold online. And so this could be like in my world, it is a consultation via Zoom. We do it via Google Meet. And it's literally a digital service in that way. Uh, a digital product is an ebook, is a, is a downloadable, right? So in my world, hypothetically, in the future, let's say I do, I don't know, go get a, I don't know, weekly agenda, $5, okay? And, and you download a weekly agenda, and, and then that becomes your thing. And I try to sell 100 weekly agendas every week. So I think that is a digital product. It's fully online. It is, it is a product. So you think about in a store, a product is a pencil, a product is a phone online. A product is something that you can't touch, but it provides a, a similar purpose. I'm really big on digital products because it allows you to make money in your sleep. Totally. And yeah. 
I remember a few years ago when I was building my brand, I had courses and I would wake up and you know, see my PayPal was going off and all the other notifications. And I was like, this is <laughs> honestly, Angel, I actually agree with you fully. It is the closest thing to magic that I have experienced. Um, so for business owners and influencers brands, do you think everyone should have a digital yes, platform? Yes, I do. And and by the way, I'm actually um, not of the opinion that you need 45. I know that there are a lot of sort of strategists or even in my case, like media companies who may instruct like, hey, you, by the way, you need a collection of 50 digital products. That's not really my style per se, because I'm big on consolidation and solidification. And so I'm happy with one. I'm happy with three. Now, if you feel like your brand needs 25, then your brand needs 25. And I think that's a very individual um, case. It's just, I've taken this conscious path of no, everything that I do, it'll be just a, a couple, just fewer options. So think about the Chipotle's of the world and the Chick-fil-A's of the world. There's not a billion things on their menu. There's just not, they don't have a four page menu. Both restaurants don't. Right. And so I think that is my model in the sense that, hey, this is what I offer. Here are these four things. And even when we build out our offerings a little bit more digitally, I think you'll see that it's not overwhelming. Let's think about someone who maybe has one digital product or they're just getting started. Someone may be thinking like, how do they get into promotion or upselling to build their digital business? What is one piece of advice that you can give someone who is trying to turn their life, their brand business into a digital business? The best way is like build on top of each other. And so my book is a great example. So my book, $26, they're loving it. Sales are just shooting up every day. Super exciting. And so then I'm like, okay, what else can we do with this? We can have informal speaking events with it. So that could be a potential revenue stream, right? So you build a few speaking events around it that becomes monetized. And then let's say you create sort of complementary product lines around it. And whether in my world, that's, I don't know, journals, whiteboards, whatever, how do you be a go-getter? And then that becomes all digital. Hey, here's a digital whiteboard. Here's a digital journal. And then it becomes a downloadable. Really good advice. And Shinjini, I've enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> we can go on and on I about know, we really can. products and money and monetizing. Yeah. Of course, uh, finances and money, that's one of my favorite topics to discuss. So I'd love to have you back on a future episode and we can continue the conversation. But I, just to get ready to close us out, I do have sure. one question. Sure. So my brand is, again, around financial literacy and budgeting yeah. and um, not only for consumers, but entrepreneurs. But mm -hmm. one of the phrases that I live by is balling on a budget. Yeah. And in your own words, mm -hmm. what does the phrase balling on a budget mean to you? Sure. Honestly, Angel, it, it means that you're being a go-getter, right? It means that you are not exceeding your expenses. It means that I know for me, Angel, and this has been a very tough pill to swallow, Angel, but I'm a self-funded media company. What that means is I better make what I put out. You know, I better make back what I spend because otherwise, guess what? There's going to be nothing left. So to me, I think balling on a budget, it really means, are you being a go-getter? You are like spending stuff. Okay. But where is that money going to come back from? And I think it, it really is about asking those hard questions, Angel, which clearly no one 
uh, wants to ask. Thank you so much for that. I like how you use the term go-getter. It's like uh, balling on a budget and linking those two together. Well, because I, I've noticed this a lot with my demographic angel because I ask them questions all the time. They're like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll just put it on my credit card. I'm like, cool, that's okay. Like I have nothing against that. But what I am going to ask you is how are you going to pay that off? Yep. Can you really you know? afford it? Oh, um, yeah. That in itself. Yeah. <laughs> An entire yeah. podcast. <laughs> As we wrap up, do you have any last words for the listeners? Are you being a go-getter? Are you making that first move to go get the goal that you told me that you wanted to go get? That is my parting thought. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Stay connected with Angel online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss RMBA. That's M-I-S-S-R-M-B-A. Be sure to subscribe and review. Join us next time as we continue to empower you through milestones, motivation, and money.